Hey everyone, welcome to The Influencer Economy. This is Ryan Williams. The Influencer Economy is a show in which I interview makers, builders, and creators, people who've launched revolutionary careers online. Excited that you all are listening or streaming episode number five in the second part of my interview with Jamie Wilkinson. We had a fascinating conversation, but wanted to break out for the second half of the conversation because we had an awesome talk about specific case studies around VHX's self-distribution platform. We dive into Indie Game, the movie, and how it launched and revolutionized filmmaking and how you market and distribute a film ahead of a launch. We talk about Camp Dakota, which is a VHX distributed film starring YouTube stars Hannah and Mamrie Hart, along with Grace Helbig, getting into the revolution that YouTube content creators can launch movies on their own backs and distribute everything themselves. We also get into the philosophy of VHX and how you can self-distribute content whether it's in a major vertical like Indie Game the Movie in the gaming industry or smaller verticals like getting a Kirk Cameron religion film out the door or something that's not as mainstream, which is some of the coolest stuff they do is content that you wouldn't expect like kung fu films that have rabbit followings or StarCraft gaming movies that have really specific niche verticals that can launch globally via the platform. So it's a really, really cool talk. Again, if you want to find Jamie, he's at JamieW on the Twitters. He is on the interwebs at bhx.tv. Please hit me up at Ryan J. Will on Twitter. Would love to hear what you think about this episode and the others. Thank you again so much for downloading or streaming this episode. Without further ado, Jamie Wilkinson. Right. And so if you're a filmmaker, essentially, like if someone like Indie Game the Movie, which absolutely destroyed it on Kickstarter, and uh, we actually talked to them at South by, they had a really good panel. But you all, how did you help them to, to distribute their film? Yeah, so they uh, made a great documentary about video games. They're two first-time filmmakers from Canada, and uh, they uh, raised, I believe, two rounds of financing on Kickstarter and then um, took it to Sundance in 2012, uh, won the editing award, uh, were kind of like a big audience hit, and opted to kind of self-distribute the project. And so they used VHX to sell a copy direct to their fans from their website, IndieGameTheMovie.com, as well as distributing it on iTunes and Steam. Oh, cool. They were on Steam. That's awesome. Yeah, and they were actually the first movie to ever be distributed on Steam, which is really great. And uh, the, whole, the whole story of their movie is like a great you know, uh, success story for innovation and distribution. And what's amazing about it, too, is that they, uh, so much of it was really because they had a lot of experience with video games and not so much experience with film, I think. And so they sort of like were looking at the models for distribution that worked for video game publishers and were trying to emulate that with film. With Indie Game, the movie... After they did their two Kickstarters, like when did you get involved with them? Yeah, so they were actually pretty far along um, because our platform was still in its like infancy. Um, they had already decided to do kind of a direct distribution after Sundance, and they had something set up so that they could get into iTunes. They had were talking with Valve, and they knew they could get into Steam, but they knew that they also wanted to have kind of a, a DRM-free option because both of those systems are still like loaded with DRM, and they knew that their audience was heavily international because they've been around for two years. They've been collecting email addresses. They've been pre-selling copies. They've been raising money on Kickstarter. They've been talking with people about their project. And um, so they literally asked on Twitter, how can we do a DRM-free streaming and download of our movie? Oh, no way. And Andy Bayo from XOXO uh, replied to them right away and said, oh, you need to talk to these VHX guys. That's awesome. And I was like, oh, I'm a backer. Yeah, great. Yeah, we'd oh, love no to Oh, no way. You backed it like, just... Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just like a small world. And we weren't even like thinking about, you know, we were still kind of like building things. And so um, 
they were all about it too. They were like, yeah, we'll get, you know, beta. Great. We love beta. Our whole movie is beta. And, uh, so it was actually, they tweeted back at us and we launched the movie nine days later. Oh, no way. Uh, which is awesome comparing with like iTunes, like six to eight week lead time on iTunes and all these other platforms. It's like mail us a hard drive. And with us, we're like, yeah, just, you know, like use mega upload or whatever you want. And then, yeah, mega upload. Exactly. (laughs) Use Kim.com. Yeah. Kim, you know, mega z yeah so there's a lot of i mean the apple store even with getting a podcast approved they had to like curate it for me and getting an app in there they're like to send a, send us a gallon of blood uh yeah. and a uh, criminal history well and... that's why my daughter's name is apple there you actually. go it's not because of gwyneth paltrow they promised placement the, the feature placement for my app in 10 years in 10 years. Yeah. yeah it's a lo- I'm playing the long game as well. It's just not like, about the quick deal. Uh, you know we have a lot of kids named Apple, right? It's not about the quick deal. Well, Chris yeah. Martin's already ahead of me. Um, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting problem just because it really is like there's there's huge value to being inside of a store like that where they've got uh, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of people that they can drive traffic towards you. But it's just not a sure thing that they're going to feature you necessarily. And what if you make something that is outside the kind of content that they want? Like what if you make a you know, a weird documentary about video games or a weird anything about whatever. Uh, and Or what if it's too short? Like there's these weird rules like it needs to be longer than 80 minutes to be considered a feature film. Like what if it's 79 minutes long? Right. You know, what if it's four minutes long? It's almost like, like an old, it's an older way of thinking they're crowbarring into new technology. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny because sometimes we end up talking about there's traditional distribution and then now we started talking about traditional digital distribution which is essentially iTunes and uh, and even people who are sort of just emulating that same model of like set up a big store, build a huge audience, promise people placement, you know, buy up content, exclusivities. It's this game where it's not very YouTube-y at all. And um, it's really wonderful that we have success cases now like YouTube, like Tumblr, like Kickstarter to point to and say, look, open-ended, user-generated platforms are where it's at. Like, this is the future. There's things being created here that you could not have possibly even imagined would ever get created. And uh, you need to embrace that. And, and even if you're not building it into your business model today, you need to be building it into your business model for the future. Yep. So then Camp Dakota. Actually, this is yep. a good segue. So they've re- they released it through you all exclusively, right? And then they went to Netflix afterwards, or correct me if I'm wrong. Oh yeah, they were on iTunes. I mean, it, it 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 wasn't exclusive to us beyond them wanting to drive the kind of the initial traffic to us because they get a better split, um, and they get all the access to the email addresses and the fans, and they could also like they had a variety of packages for sale on their site. Like they had just the film, they had the film and the documentary, they had merch that they were selling, which also included the film and the documentary, and so just. Because the nature of our platform is a lot more flexible, they had a lot more control and a lot more access. But yeah, they've still distributed it everywhere else too. And it's been hanging out in like the top 10 lists of iTunes for quite a while. And uh, I'm sure it'll go elsewhere too, which is good. Like the goal is more people seeing your movie all over the world. And so for them, they all had YouTube followings. Yeah, they're big on YouTube. They're big YouTubers. Um, And they had very loyal followings. And they've been doing a great job for months drumming up interest and kind of getting people excited about the project and releasing clips and talking about it. And it's been on pre-order for months. And uh, they've done a fantastic job with it, just the whole way they handled the whole release. What are some of the the more interesting projects you guys have done that maybe aren't like the media stories? Oh, yeah. Uh, 
we did kind of a cool documentary that I like a lot, a Korean documentary about uh, pro gamers called State of Play, uh-huh. which um, it's Korean language. It's about Starcraft. pro video gamers. It's about StarCraft. Amazing. It's like, and, and those are all these like checkboxes that would say like unmarketable, unmarketable, unmarketable. But it's like, actually, sir, just the opposite. You know, like by virtue of being sort of so far outside the typical, it is perfect for the internet. And totally. They got to like the front page of Reddit with it, and they um, and there's even all other kinds of interesting stuff. Like, like our front page is just sort of like a, a selection of of good examples of how you could use VHX. It's not intended to drive traffic or feature anybody. And there's uh, a guy named Kirk Cameron who uh, I never saw it, but he was on I guess the the Wonder Year, right? Uh, and now he uh, released kind of this. He's um, religious. He's very, very religious man. Um, he made this movie. You, you love him or you hate him. Love him or you hate him, and uh, a lot of people love him. As and Mike Seaver his... on Growing Pains, most people love him. Mike Seaver, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Growing Pains, not the Wonder Year. Um, you know, the guy's got like a huge following, and so he did great. He did direct distribution. He just made a movie, and then you know, instead of trying to convince people to put it in their stores, he just made his own store and sold it on, online direct to all of his fans. And uh, and we have tons of examples of stuff like that. And then even this guy Kirby Ferguson makes a series called This Is Not a Conspiracy Theory. And he made a series called Everything is a Remix. Um, and it's amazing. It's like one of my favorite web videos of all time. I'm so glad he's like selling it and not just completely giving everything away for free because I want him to keep making stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's doing a really interesting format with it where it's going to be in like chunks he calls it like a documentary in many parts and it's going to be in like 20 minute ish chunks that are released over unspecified period of time and he's like real upfront that it's like it takes me a while to make these it's going to be a while you're paying me 12 bucks now 15 bucks later to get all this stuff as i do it and you're like i think inside you kind of know that you're a little bit overpaying for stuff like this but you're delighted to because you kind of know that it's going straight to this guy who's making great work and yeah. you want him to keep making it right so with kirk cameron do you, I, mean, I would see. I think religion would be a great vertical. Huge, yeah. We're really uh, very interested in getting uh, deeper into these these vertical, like these. The industry calls it kind of like alternative content, which is such a diss phrase for an for alternative lifestyle content. I know, which is probably like, I don't have the numbers, but I'm guessing it's like as big as the quote unquote mainstream. I you bet. know, and uh, yeah, like faith, fitness, lifestyle. Uh, I have a great call with a martial arts guy soon. So there's um, no vertical that's really too small because you're not saying that you have to be a $5 million winner. You could sell and make a smaller amount, but it doesn't matter. Those are my favorite ones. They're the ones where it's like, oh, you you, you made $1,000 with us. That's fantastic. You know, that's $1,000 that you wouldn't have made at all because the, and those people who bought it, they got to watch it in like our great streaming player that we've invested so much time and energy into. And downloads and works on all their their devices and they got like the same experience that Aziz's customers got that indie games customers got is available to anybody and then from your business side if you get you know 500,000 of those then you guys are doing okay my investors will be so happy yeah and do they understand I mean do you feel like in general people respect that it's a long game here and you guys are early because you're one of the pioneers in this industry there's been some others that have come and gone Mm -hmm. so I mean, how long do you think you'll be at this? Could this be your job for, you know, in perpetuity? <laughs> yeah, that's the, yeah, no, that really is the plan just because, um, I mean, we used to joke about this, like, 
what's your price to sell the company? Yeah. And because I would always have this position of, I have no intention of selling this because I think that anybody who buys this will ruin it. And like, there's a lot of sort of like opinions as sophisticated consumers, as like tech conscious consumers, as tech conscious uh, creators that has gone into the way we've designed the platform and what we advocate people do. And I don't trust the suits upstairs to do good by that. And um, so we're here to like, you know, I joke about all the time that it's like, I don't want my daughter to have to pirate movies. You know, I, I, I want her to be able to pay for things and support the creators. And like, what if she goes, you know, what if she moves to Europe? Is she, that means she gonna get all the movies three months later than me? Yeah. Because she's gonna see it on my Facebook page talking about how good Noah was and she's going to be so frustrated she can't go to see it. Was it good? By the way, I have not seen Noah. Noah okay. So that count that, do not count that as an endorsement okay. or otherwise. Just, well, I'm a big Darren Aronofsky fan. But it's a great, so it's a great uh, pop culture example. Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of, you know, that's the thing is that it's like, here's a, here's a, you know, a pop cultural event. It's an, it's, and it's global. Like everything that happens now is global and people are really just thinking inside, oh, how do I squeeze the money out territory by territory? I can get these territories to pay cash advances to distribute it their region and they're like, we're still operating with this like DV, DV, region encoded DVD mindset. Right. And like, if we turn the, the, the reins over to anybody, like they're going to say, let's do DVD regions. I'm just going to claw my eyes out. And, or they're going to say, you know, everything's a rental now. Like it's all time limited rentals and it's, oh, it's, or, or my favorite is like SD versus HD pricing, mm-hmm. you know, where they're like, oh, it's a, it's only a dollar more for HD. And my immediate thought whenever I see that is, do you think the director wants you to watch it in SD? Right. And like, as a consumer, I'm more likely to watch it at, at the cheaper price point. Ex- exactly. And then you you kind of don't know that you're getting a worse experience. Right. You sort of do. But it's like, could you imagine a chef offering like a, a lower quality version of the meal for, for 25% less? Or, or your doctor. Yeah, your doctor. Yeah, this is 25% <laughs> worse healthcare. I'm going to give you a deal. But it's... It's a deal, man. It's like, you know, it's not as many, you know, I don't do as many cuts or two, something. Two thirds of your bones will be repaired properly. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and well, then and then for you all, you, so I had Bernie Burns who created Red versus Blue on the show. Yeah. And he actually got rejected from Sundance. And then when he created Red versus Blue, three years later, Sundance invited him back to speak. And I feel like you guys embody that spirit where your people are getting you know somewhat frustrated by the current systems and then they can come to you all and actually like be empowered right and then three years later the system is welcoming them back with open arms yeah why is there such rejection and people is it just they're setting their ways and they've made business this way for so many years as distributors because he he said he took him half a year to make a film half a year to find a distributor and yeah, so, it sounds about right. I mean, half a year to make the film is pretty good, too. Yeah, he said he just made it like Robert Rodriguez style. And then he went into film festivals and found out that very small groups of people decide whether or not you can show it to large groups of people. But then, yeah, and then in the internet, it's the opposite. Right, exactly. And and it's you're, you're playing like a totally different game, but you're still playing a game. I think the thing that people don't understand about who are coming from sort of the traditional thinking about what they don't understand about internet marketing is that it's still a hustle. It's a different kind of hustle, but it's still like a hustle. The difference is that it's a hustle that's open to everybody mm-hmm. and that like you'll be judged by the crowd on the merits of your hustle rather than sort of on your ability to get on the inside track, you know? 
and and that, and that to me is this it's this classic like you know bottom up versus top down story right it's this classic like the age old struggle between the incumbents who are set in their ways and sort of the new generation and the magic of the internet and like I've spent like a large part of my life on the internet and this is like a core part of my whole creative practice is the idea that you can you can anybody can succeed you know two first time filmmakers from Canada random redneck bearded guy from Arizona like you know who, doesn't matter who you are you can find like a voice online and you can find an audience and it'll take a lot of work but it's it's open to anybody and that's in stark contrast to the way the studio model works and basically every you know major media industry worked before about 20 years ago and music's gotten totally messed up and now like the way to make it is by building on following on SoundCloud and you know publishing is is being disrupted with this you know I, I'm not supposed to use the d word no but, I actually the d word's aggressive it's so overused yeah um, but like uh, with me it's like I'm talking to digital publishers and they all say go digital you can market it yourself and then I talk to traditional publishers like no you go our direction so everyone has this dilemma right now yeah and I think that there's there's a hybrid approach that's going to exist for a, a long time probably in perpetuity right and it'll just become this question of like uh changing the mix of 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 water and air and uh and that's really the approach and it really depends on on what the title is too like a Veronica Mars is this funny case too of something that's sort of like one leg in the internet world and then one leg because it's owned by Warner Brothers in the traditional world and I'd be really curious what the conversations that they were having in the background were like, do we put ad buys behind this? Do we like put up billboards for this movie or mm -hmm. do we just like go all in on the internet? And, you know, I can't really speak to like how it's, how it's panned out or what those conversations were like, but I would have loved to be in that room because even just in the two years we've been doing this, we've seen time and time again that it's like the more eggs you put in that internet basket, the happier you will be, the more successful you will be. That's a great way to think about it, actually. So it's diversi diversify. Yeah, definitely. And don't like go all in on just one part of the approach. Like it needs to be a very uh, broad, thought out process. But Indie Game has this amazing model that they used. I think they mentioned it during their panel about think like a fan mm -hmm. and just like put yourselves in the shoes of your 1% super fans and just do whatever you think they want. Uh, because they're the ones who are really going to like keep coming back and really support you and give you that endorphin high of someone liking your work. And that's like what's going to keep you motivated and keep you active and keep you like financially solvent. And so it doesn't even like behoove you to think about the unwashed 99% because you should really just be thinking about like what your fans want. And then over time you can be more massive and mainstream. And I think that's the thing you see with music too, right? Is that it always starts with like your hardcore fan base and then it expands from there. And early adopters, and it's it's kind of like um, if you can identify those people and you sort of know who you're working for, uh, you can do a good job. And every industry has the early adopters. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, it's everything. I mean, I consider myself like an early adopter of exactly what your book and your podcast is about, about people sort of studying uh thinking heavily about sort of like not just a specific industry or anything but it's even just like the whole process of of industries changing you know it seemed yeah. like a guy like kirby ferguson like he totally just is so high level so thoughtful and it's like way too thoughtful for nbc 
you know, because like everything they need, they do needs to be, this can appeal to 150 million Americans, but he's online. His budget is small. His, his, he can, he can say, I want to go after this one specific group of people who are like me. Right. And then once it starts to really take hold, like if it's good, it'll just propagate from there. And that's like, that's the story of every internet meme too. It starts with a weird group of people who are really into it and then it spreads from there. And it becomes more of a norm, but you can't get to the norm via the internet unless you really focus on those core people that are going to get you. Yeah. I think, I think you don't hear a lot of stories about like something going big on the internet broadly first, you know, right. like it, it starts, it's always starts as like a sliver and then just keeps expanding from there. No, there. It's fascinating to think about like the memes and the psychological launching of them with verticalized movies or specific like kung fu instructional mm-hmm. videos or the religious Kirk Cameron content. They, yeah, and start, it's going to start with like a hundred, you know, a thousand true fans kind of thing. And uh, if it is just the funniest, coolest kung fu instructional DVD of all time, it's going to sell like hotcakes. It's going to hit the front page of Reddit. Who, who's that? I want to buy that one. I want to buy that one too. Uh, does it even exist yet? We're, we're, I'm working on it. <laughs> um, all right, cool. I'm going to let you go. Ryan, real pleasure. Pleasure for having me. I'll see you guys hopefully soon in New York. Yeah, and love to talk more if you ever want to do this again now that I've got everything, all, all the widgets Absolutely. and gizmos set up. Yeah, you have it all. And we can talk more about Save by the Bell. Yeah, I love that show. <laughs> all right, buddy. See Take you, man. Care. Take care.